Hello, my name's Robert and welcome to this Bright Think Academy podcast lesson. So in this short lesson, we're going to be looking at sales and marketing processes, which will help you out with the final learning outcome of the first unit of principles of business for your management level three course. So let's have a look first of all at marketing. Okay, and what are the principles of marketing? Uh, well, the principles of marketing are often split into the marketing mix, to be honest with you. Uh, and this is more commonly referred to as the four P's. You have product, price, place and promotion. And as a marketeer or as a business owner, it's really important for you to understand these four P's of marketing. Uh, the product, okay, that's the first P. So it's about you analysing what the product is. Uh, how does it look? How does it feel? Is it a product or is it a service? Even if it's a product, um, there's terminology like tangible and intangible. Now, you may not have come across those words before, but basically tangible is meaning it's something you can touch. For example, a glass, all right? If a, if a product is uh, like a glass or an iPhone, it's a product you can touch, it's tangible. If it's intangible, it's a product that you can't touch, all right? Like a website, for example. That's an intangible product in itself. Um, now let's have a look at the next one, price. So this is where you decide how you're gonna sell your product. Um, is your price going to be a one-off price? Is it gonna have a special offer? Is it gonna be a subscription model, like you pay a little bit every month, like Netflix, for example? Loads of companies doing subscription right now. Uh, you know, think of Netflix, Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, gosh, even you can get like uh, anything. Everyone's going down this subscription model. Uh, also think about how the price, how the product is gonna be bought. Uh, is it something cash only? If you're running, I don't know, a retro vinyl standing in East London market, um, are you gonna have to have like a, a chip and pin machine off your iPad, for example? Um, or is it something that you use Apple Pay or Google Pay for? All the things you need to think about. How are people gonna pay for it? And what is the price, you know? Um, so that's product and price. Place is where you're gonna sell it. Is it a certain geographical area? Is it a region of London? Is it national? Is it international? I mean, 20 years ago, a small business going international seemed almost impossible, but now because of technology and the internet, it's not so impossible anymore. Uh, so think about the place. Is it just gonna be one shop, a department store, a market store, locality, right? Uh, so that's product, price, place and promotion is the fourth p how are you going to sell it is it going to be online is it going to be advertising in the newspaper is it going to be word of mouth with referral fees uh, many of these big tech companies launch with the whole referral thing you know think of uber deliveroo all a new taxi hailing app you know they encourage you to get friends to join and get five pounds ten pounds credit these are all things about how you'd look into the promotion of a product in itself um, now, there is an extended uh, marketing mix if you are having a service such as a cafe, a restaurant, a shop, and they include processes, people, and the physical appearance. Because how your shop or your coffee shop or your restaurant looks is so important as well, which is why physical appearances make up one of the extended P's. You know, think about it. We live in an Instagrammable world right now. Of course, you're going to look at what is uh, out there and 
stands out from others in itself. Um, I'm not going to go into that too much, but if you are following the lesson plan on the Bright Thing Academy website, you'll be able to have a look at that in more detail. But that, in essence, uh, are the principles of marketing, the marketing mix, which is the four uh, or seven Ps, depending on how you look at it. Um, now, if you were to go out before you, if you were a business owner, before you even set out what your your marketing mix is, your own four P's, you're going to do some market research. All right. Because, for example, you're not going to open a shop without realizing that the, the shop is suitable for the area. Right. Or you're not going to launch a new product if there's no demand for it. Let's just say you're the owner of a, a fizzy soft drink company and you're going to launch a new strawberry flavored soft drink. You're not just going to launch it without doing any market research. You know, you're going to go out there and do uh, surveys asking people if they would like it or you're going to get people to do a test, you know, a tasting sample and you're going to ask for their feedback. Now, there are two types of market research when you look at that. First of all, um, quantitative and qualitative quantitative and qualitative i know they sound quite complex words but when you understand what they mean they're quite simple and these are actually really important words to know for higher education if you're doing quantitative research it means that the results of your research are going to be pretty much just numerical right so let's just say you want to find out if someone's going to like that flavor of strawberry soft drink then you're going to do um, a survey all right in which at the end um, all the results will be collated and it'll be put into a chart and it'll say 26 percent people didn't like strawberry versus 70 odd percent that did like strawberry all right that's quantitative it's in the name quantity qualitative any results where the answers are number driven are quantitative data very good data because it's often very accurate, but it does come with its flaws. For example, you might want to have more information about why people didn't like it. And that's where qualitative data and market research comes in. Because in qualitative data and market research, the uh, organization is gonna get more verbal, right? More quality, right? Um, or quantity driven data and if you were doing qualitative data that's where you're getting someone to sample that that fizzy strawberry soft drink and you're going to get them to tell you not just that they like it or they don't like it like in the quantitative you're going to ask them why was it too fizzy was it too sugary was it nice you know they're going to tell you verbally and you're going to have a lot more information and that's qualitative data like a focus group like an interview qualitative versus a survey and a questionnaire which is quantitative uh, I mean to be honest with you if you wanted to get a good result you'd probably do two okay and and this is kind of often linked into your uh, academic research uh, unit as well if I'm honest with you uh, because like with market research and like with academic research um, you're also going to look at primary and secondary data um, secondary data is uh, data that's been compiled by someone else and you've gone out and researched it. Uh, maybe someone's written the answer in a book and you found it. 
uh, if it's primary data, it's data that's been gathered by you. So you going out and doing either the, the survey or the, the interview about the taste is primary data. That's your data. You know that data is accurate because you've done it, right? Secondary data is someone who's already done it and they've written about it and you've gone online and found about it and you're writing about it. It's secondary. Someone else has done it. It's still reliable data. We know, we think, we hope, in a way. Uh, but that's good. That's what's important for you to know. There are pros and cons to both primary and secondary data. Secondary data, the pros to it is it's already been done, so it's easy to find out the research. The cons to it are, well, we don't know how accurate that data was carried out, right? So uh, we don't know. Primary data, the cons of primary data is it's too long, it can take a long time. But the pros are that it's your data, you know it's accurate because you've done it. But it's only as accurate as however accurate you are. <laughs> or if you've got a team, of course, you've got to make sure the team are, are doing it accurately or, or to the point in a way. So um, the uses of market research are really for you to go out there and understand if if there's a need for your product or service um, that you're going to launch the market. You wouldn't do it without market research. I mean, other important things that you need to think about uh, when it comes to marketing and developing marketing is the brand. People love a brand, right? Um, I think you've seen it on the video, you know, the famous da 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 You know it's McDonald's, I'm loving it. It's brand, okay? Uh, I'm trying to think of brands off the top of my head right now. Um, a certain shape could be a part of a brand. Like we all know iPhones have a curved edge. Um, if you walk down the street and someone has a, a pair of um, headphones in with a white wire, or maybe they're just wireless small headphones, you know it's Apple. A brand is part of the vision, for example. A brand just doesn't have to be a logo. A brand can be a feeling, a smell, a sight, a sound. For example, let's have a look at Starbucks. If you were to go into a Starbucks coffee house, it always has a certain, uh, not just a smell of coffee, but they're always playing that sort of mellow, relaxed music, right? Uh, when you go into Starbucks, the wood is always dark. It has the atmosphere that is a McDonald's, right? You, um, a Starbucks, sorry. That's part of the brand. The brand goes beyond just a logo. It's how it looks, feels, smells. And uh, the importance of that is people recognize that. It's a well-recognized brand. And if you get the brand right, then you're gonna help with your sales and marketing. So when you look at that question, explain the value of a brand to the organization is, the brand in itself is worth something because People recognize that brand and they want to be a part of it, right? People go crazy when there's an iPhone launch. Um, or, you know, I don't know if there's a game being launched or something like that. Because they love the brand. Uh, this is a really good word to know. People become advocates of the brand. So understand that word advocate. And what that means is if they love the brand that much and if the brand screws up, and maybe one year they launch a terrible product or let's just say the brand is a restaurant. You go to this restaurant one day and it's a terrible experience. Because you love the brand, you'll forgive it and you'll still go back and buy the next product or you'll go again, right? Because you're an advocate. But if the brand awareness wasn't there and it was just a normal restaurant or just a cheap product from the shop, if you just bought it and you didn't like it, then you wouldn't buy it again, right? 
because there's no brand loyalty. So that's another thing when you're asked the question, what is the value of a brand? It creates advocates and it creates loyalty. And that's all part of that sort of market research and understanding the development of that.